Welcome back to Barely Serious. This is episode 97. I'm out here in the ghetto with Aaron Jarbo. No, you're not. We're in the valley. Um, it's ghetto. It's Lake Balboa, California. Um, thanks for having me. Thanks, yeah, for, thanks for making your way all the way across the railroad tracks into the ghetto to yeah. sit <laughs> in my house that I own and have this conversation with me. How big's your house, by the way? Oh, I mean, you know. Pretty big? You know. So you share a two-bedroom apartment with six other dudes? Yeah. <laughs> six other open micers? No, I actually I pay rent at my dad's house, my stepdad's house. Okay. So what you're saying is you have no right to make fun of anyone for their living situation? I appreciate the free beer. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Dude, so the last time you were on was like 80 episodes ago. That's crazy. It's been a really long time. You didn't have a kid. You have a fucking kid now. I had a kid. I had a pandemic baby. He was born in April of uh, 2020, right right when it was like at the height of craziness. Like the week before he was born, spouses weren't allowed in the hospital like at all. So like my wife, who's this is our first kid, would have been would have given birth by herself with me not there, and then they like wheel. She almost lucked out. Yeah, well, I mean, I think they saw they, they that week before uh, my son was born. They, I think they had seen the negative effects of like letting a spouse be in the delivery room by herself with no, no family, no spouse, no other human whatsoever, and it's just like very probably a really traumatizing experience because it is it's already like a crazy experience and to do that alone would be, it's just why so they were like okay you can't have the whole family in the waiting room you know on tv where they come out and they're right. like it's a boy seven pounds that's it was <laughs> me it was, you're allowed to have one person so if, you know if you weren't married or had a spouse or whatever you could have one person in there with you and then i had to leave 30 minutes after he was born but there was we got lucky. I didn't get lucky. There were some issues, and I got to stay for five and a half hours after he was born. And then I went home, and I wasn't allowed to go back and get my wife or my kid for 30 hours. Uh, or sorry. Yeah, that's, it was 30 hours. It was like a day and some change. I was just sitting at home, like, r- sad, like, missing. Like, I was like, I just got to meet this kid, and now I am here helpless. I can't do anything. What, dude, so, like, was there any, like, COVID people at the hospital yet? I don't know because the I'm sure there was, but the you didn't ask the where the babies have whatever that's called uh, that wing of the hospital is very separate from the rest of it at Cedars, anyways. And so I know they were like on super high alert. Like there was one time I so the the labor and delivery process labor and delivery is what that section is called. It was like um, maternity ward. Yeah, um, yeah, that's you maybe. But I I was like, hey, do I have time to go get some lunch? Because like the only person they're responsible to feed is my wife she's the patient i'm just like hanging out and I, but they have a food court and they have a starbucks in there and i was i the our nurse came in and i was like hey can i go get some uh something to eat he's like yeah you got plenty of time you're not gonna miss anything he's like definitely go get some something i was like i just want to go grab a coffee from starbucks and maybe a sandwich he's like yeah you got plenty of time and i i went out in the hall and every single person that worked at the hospital looked at me like what in the fuck are you doing out here get like why are you even in this hospital get out of here are you supposed to be here put on like i had a mask on but like they could tell i didn't work there number i was like well i'm supposed to be here my I'm, my wife's giving birth i'm just getting a sandwich i was told that and you were the, you were saying this to just random no people in my head but in like that was just, <laughs> I was just like uh, people couldn't understand why i was like you're i guess you're not supposed to like leave your room or anything at, at the time again this was like when it was at its craziest and i was like you guys have a starbucks here and it's open like so like <laughs> I'm only just doing, and it wasn't like far away. It's like, I'm just going to get uh, a coffee. I've been up for 20 hours and I have to be up for like 20 more starting like soon. So just like a, a big iced coffee and a sandwich, please. And I, I had, I went, 
and ate my sandwich like really far down Bev Drive by myself, which was outside where I couldn't see any humans and I could take my mask off and scarf down a sandwich and then get back up to the room where my wife was. But it, again, it was just like just the weirdest time. You should have like uh, Peter Parker, Spider-Man 3, that shit, just like grabbing your crotch, pointing at people walking down the hallway. Oh, when he was all emo, like yeah. uh, <laughs> Pete, Pete Wentz from Fallout Boy. It was a stupid, stupid movie. Um, yeah, I... I mean, I did have the thought in my head, not of acting like Peter Parker, but of like, just of like, what do you think I'm supposed to do for food? Like, I can't, I have to, I have to walk, even if I needed to go back to my car. But if you left, you weren't allowed to come back in. So like when I, after I had, after my son was born and I left five and a half hours later, I wasn't allowed to come back. So when I went back to pick up my wife, I, they wheeled her out to the curb and I like picked her up like I'm an Uber driver or something. <laughs> they, and so I picked my son and my wife up from the hospital on, at the curb of Cedar, Cedar Sinai. That and like they don't, they're not, I don't think they're doing that now. But the, again, this was almost one year ago to date. You can't order like Postmates or like a pizza out of the room or something. No, maybe you can now, but at the time, you absolutely could not uh, do that. Maybe if I went, it, no, because if I went down, if I left, I couldn't come back in. Why? I, it, I don't know. It's like nightclub rules. Like, <laughs> the bouncer's like, it's like two out, one in. And I'm like, well, I just need to run to my car and get my jacket. I'm like, you go out, can't come back in. I'm like, all right. Yeah, at night where you always have to like leave. you have to decide when you don't want to be in the club or bar anymore. And you're like, yeah, I think I've had enough. I understand. I, I understand the <laughs> scope of the rule of me leaving means I can't come back in. I'm choosing that. I'm choosing to leave, and I know that I won't be coming back in because it's two a.m. and I'd like to go home. When was the last time you ever went to a club? Club or bar? Like a dance club. Oh God! Like a club, club. <laughs> maybe I was twenty-five. I don't know. I really? th- those those were never my years ago. Yeah, maybe those were never my thing. Anyways, like I like dive bars. If I'm gonna go out and go drink, I'm not gonna go to some loud ass place where I can't hear <laughs> people talk. And then I like wait. Have to wait in line just to pay like eighteen dollars for a, a a drink that should cost you know six dollars at any other bar. It's uh ne- never been my scene. Never been my thing. Um, I. I Last time I went to a bar, though, was it was the week before the pandemic. It just you know how your iPhone has those um, one year ago yeah d- post. I got I got one the other day. Um, me and my buddy John went out to a couple bars. We were just like walking up and down La Cienega. It was like a great night. Um, it just like hop around, like hopped around in bars in a while. And my wife was like pregnant, and um, she was like, you know, just go out. Like, you haven't had a night out in a while, and you should just go, like, you know, I, I can't go out, so Jesus just go. Jesus Christ, how long was she pregnant for? Two years? Yeah, yeah. Um, just want to make sure it was well done. I'm mean, trying to have, like, a, <laughs> have a medium rare baby. You can't even walk yet it. still. Yeah, and so, um, I, I, but I, I saw that picture on my phone pop up, and I, I had a, it was like a great, great last night to just go out and, and uh, have, a, have a drink with a buddy and haven't had haven't really had that since the like the experience that it is now is very different you're you know you're sitting outside and just like when you can't take do you take your mask off once when you get your drink or like how i don't know what it's like down where you live um oh everything's open yeah i mean stuff's starting to open back up um which brings uh me to an interesting not interesting we'll see if it's interesting people people who listen to podcasts can decide um we had talked about right before we started filming that you um are going to move to Austin. Yes, sir. And so do, like, and, but you said you weren't going to go until June. It's April. It's not even April yet. And things are starting to open back up in Southern California. Is, is there any part of you that's like thinking maybe you should stay now or no, not really. It's a, it's kind of like, like a, like a comedy move, but also like kind of like a forced move as well. So like my 
like like we just said so my that I, I live with my stepdad and my middle brother and i pay rent so it's like it's like i'm like a roommate right so it's not like i'm living for free it counts and uh my stepdad is now engaged and getting married to this chick and they're gonna go get their own spot and so like i'm out so i gotta go uh, so this was a guy who used to be married to your mom yeah but isn't married to her anymore but right you still live with him yeah what's your is your mom cool with that yeah no so no no it's like it, it's That's a very interesting it's weird. if it, i would have known it's, it's interesting all right so it's like so you know I had my dad on on the podcast, episode 56. Go listen to it if you want. My biological dad, uh, professional golfer, whatever, bangs my mom on a, a tournament trip uh, in Florida. I'm born. We move here. We bounce around. Very poor childhood, whatever. And then I feel like, in a way, she – so she worked at this community college where my dad was – or my stepdad was the dean. They meet, go on a date, and I feel like she just kind of, like, got with them because he had money to like kind of like get out of whatever poor ass situation we were in and then they got married he adopted me so technically like on paper he's my dad and like you know in person he's my dad too uh he's been my dad since i was you know nine or eight uh and then you know they got divorced in 09 they split custody of me and my little brother my middle brother and then me and my mom had like a like a weird falling out uh it just you know there was a, a period in time for two and a half years that I didn't talk to my mom like at all. And we had like zero contact. And then I lived with him full time. And then now my middle brother kind of went through the same thing with my mom. Now he lives with a uh, stepdad full time or his real dad full time. Uh, and then now uh, I'm going to be moving to Austin with uh, another comic, but it, it's, there's more to so it. So it's not that uh, uh, in the middle of that story, kind of. I have the same situation, uh, kind of, where sure. I I was a one night stand baby, but my mom married my I'll put quotes around it, air quotes stepdad, who who is now like to me is like my dad. He's been my dad my whole life as far as I can remember. And right. so, you know, had him and my mom got divorced when I was a uh, twenty. You know, he would still I would still visit him. I would still see him because he he was my dad for twenty years. That's what I'm saying. Um, yeah. Would I live with him uh, as an adult man like you? Probably not. Cause, it's, you know. <laughs> it's not that I chose to. It's just I just haven't like – it's expensive, dude. I, yeah, I know. Um, I, I This guy. Often this had, guy. had had, um, had found myself being jealous of people who were from Southern California so that they could live with their parents and not have to pay the ridiculous rent that I've had to pay for the last 14 years of living here. <laughs> um, because it is like if you're – if you – live here by yourself like i did and most of your money most of the money that you make goes to housing and it's hard to save and it's hard to like to to get out of that like rat race when when 90 percent of your income goes to and that's like a horrible way to live there's like the rule of thumb is that you, you one week's salary should be your rent and then the other three weeks you know you have for groceries and savings and uh vacations whatever else you want to spend your money on um but you know i was spending it was more like three weeks income was my rent in Southern California. And then the rest of the money, if I had any left over at all was like groceries and bills, utilities, gas, you know, whatever. Where'd you come from? Kentucky. Kentucky. Yeah. And my, like I used to rent a house. I was just talking to my wife about this the other day. Like I used to rent a house. It was brand new there with like uh, two of my fraternity brothers and the house we our rent each was like 227 bucks. It was a brand new house. It was huge. Two car garage, like huge backyard. <laughs> and like, that's just not, 
you know, I came out here and my first apartment was $2,200. So I went from paying 200 bucks to paying $2,200 like right away. It was, it hit hard. Well, why'd you move to like LA right away? You could have moved here to the ghetto first. Um, I mean, it's just not a good <laughs> joke. Uh, I mean, okay. So for anyone who doesn't really know, I, I used to live in West Hollywood and it was right in the middle of everything. Super cool. Could walk everywhere to any bar restaurant. I was like, uh, I could walk to all three like main comedy clubs from my house. Uh, the comedy store, the laugh factory and the improv were all like walkable from my place. And I loved that. And, uh, COVID happened and couldn't go to anywhere. So my wife and I looked to, we moved to the suburbs with our, we had a baby and we got, we got a little house out here in what Galen keeps calling the ghetto. But <laughs> Dude, it's I passed by a school. They had bars on the window. Well, people like to protect their most valuable asset. I mean, a school. I yeah. If somebody tries to break into school and steal my kid, I'm you know. I don't I'm, think I that's don't, what it's for. I don't know what it's for. Do you think it's so the kids can't escape from well, school? If the, no, if the kids are already there, you just walk in the fucking front door because it's open. It's I don't for like now when it's like what's today Sunday. So that I don't, some jack off like me doesn't go in there and like break in and like steal a laptop. Well, it's because shit. of jack offs like you that they had to put bars on the windows in the first <laughs> place. I'm sure uh, they didn't used to have them there until some Sunday somebody <laughs> stole all the laptops and now the kids are, you know, they're back to using abacuses to count instead. And you probably, you're so, you don't even know what that is. You're so young. Yeah, it's that little like the, I don't know how to Slide. use it, but I know what it is. Yeah, dude. That, uh, so it's the, just, literally the equivalent of being like, okay, if Johnny has five Cheerios and I take away four slide four of the cheerios over how many cheerios does johnny have left one che- you can see that there's one left that one just shows che- how dumb they used to be in the 1800s yeah see, we could just do that in our heads now sure but i think it, for a kid it, to see the to see them and be able to count them makes, oh a kid yeah it is a it's like an elementary school right there not some not some guy in like a like a business office using the, by the way shit. if i still live here when uh, my son is going he's going to go to that school we can walk it's at the end of my street he can walk there like that's awesome i have to drive him i would not want to send your kid walking in this neighborhood it is a very good neighborhood <laughs> Well, we're going to, afterwards, we're going to go on a walk in this neighborhood and you'll see that all all your comments that were very uh, in poor taste about my my (laughs) suburban valley neighborhood. People are going to think listening that we're in like Compton right now. No, we're not. Your neighbors are outside gardening and they're all white and shit. Uh, I will say we are the, my wife and I are the youngest couple in this neighborhood. Everybody else has lived here since like the eighties or nineties and, and, uh, we, we were moving in and they were like, Whoa, young people. Um, we're getting phased out. Yeah. They're going to gentrify this neighborhood. <laughs> uh, so that, uh, no, everybody, everybody in this neighborhood has been so, so nice. They're super, super chill. Um, we, we've only been, we've been, we moved in the like two days before Christmas. So we, we haven't been here for very long and, uh, it's been, it's been going great. I love all the extra space. I mean, I've been an apartment guy since I've lived in my uh, since I've lived in LA. It's like 14 years now. So, you know, you don't when you live in an apartment, you don't have things like a shovel and a rake and a lawnmower and uh, I don't know what else. I have a cro- cro- yeah. I'm looking around my garage cro- crowbar and I ripped uh, I had to rip up some stuff. But like, so now those are things that I buy for fun instead of Dude, your bottles comment. of about the abacus or whatever uh reminded me there's this kid that i went to high school with his name was thomas i'm not gonna say his last name but his name was thomas and one year during winter break he broke in to this local elementary school uh and him and like two other buddies broke into this elementary school and they freaking like vandalized the shit of it they were like drawing dicks and sharpies all over the walls they killed all the class pets by like spraying them with the fire extinguishers and then they jacked like so every elementary school is like a like a, a laptop cart like a chromebook cart and they stole all the chromebooks but he didn't have any place to put it and so he hid all of the laptops 
behind his trash can like at his dad's house and his dad fucking found it and then called the cops on his son and he got arrested that's so d- that you said the laptop cart in my high school had the same thing and granted i graduated high school in 02 so like people didn't have laptops like they do now but we the amount that our high school did have they all they kept them on this one cart as well yeah. and i was like man you guys just made it super easy for the criminal <laughs> to just wheel all those off into their and throw them in their trunk like why don't you gift wrap them as well why don't you just mail them straight to the the, the criminal's house because you've because made it so easy it, for it's them because the cart is a charging station i i know that but also don't put wheels on it <laughs> like <laughs> Like it can be one or the other, or you can you can have the thing wheel back to like the tech lab where it, you can plug it in. But like it, it I I had this thought as a 18 year old, so to have it to to know that they're still doing it now and haven't fixed that situation is kind of fun. I mean, I don't know what the rate is for laptop carts that get boosted, but it seems like they're <laughs> they're making it easier than it should be. Did you so like what year did you go to high school? I graduated in 02. Jeez, uh, that's crazy. That's fucking crazy. I started the coolest thing about in, in gra- the year that I graduated is whatever. Um, the only class that has this, aside from every ten years, this happens. But whatever year, whatever year the year is, uh, that's what grade I was in. So like nineteen ninety seven, I was in seventh grade. Nineteen ninety eight, I was in eighth grade. Nineteen ninety nine, I was in ninth grade. So it's super easy for me to like recall periods of time or like when movies came out or when songs came out. If someone's like, hey, what year did the Thong song come out by Cisco? I can be like 2000. I was in 10th grade, Panama City Beach. I remember like you can, <laughs> I can, and same with movies. I'll be like, oh, I saw that movie when I was in seventh grade. Uh, so it came out. It's, what year did Training Day come out? Um, oh, two, oh, four, oh, four. Oh, one. I didn't. I wasn't a big Training Day fan. I, what? I, 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 I watched it a lot on DVD, but I don't. I didn't see it in theaters. Like right. I, I have to for that reference to work. I need to have seen it the year that it came out. Lord and, of the Rings, the second one. Dude, you're gonna get. I don't know if you get mad, but my my wife gets mad. I did, I was not a Lord of the Rings person. Oh, but my. I do know. Did you at least watch them. I've seen them, but okay. I'm not. I'm not like a fan. I do know that the third one was is the um. Yeah, it won it won thirteen for thirteen Oscars that year. Won Best Picture, but it was like the only only movie to ever do that. Um, it won everything that it was nominated for Pretty in every single category. Movie. Yeah, I hate those people that like. So like, I'm not mad at you because you've seen it, but I hate those people that are like, I don't like Star Wars or I don't like. No, Wars, I'm a very fucking. I'm very it. much a credit where credits due person, and and while it's not like my shit, uh, I do uh, you know respect the game. I respect I respect everything it accomplished um, One ring to at rule the time. Them all. And so you know, the, mostly that's what I don't like about it is people that say shit like that. And but darkness binds them. You're not making it a better case <laughs> for that for that uh, franchise. But I, I uh, that that was that's what I my only little thing about the year that I graduated. But back to Austin, if we can, for sure, a second. Sure, sure. So you said two things. Uh, you said it was it was a forced living situation, which you covered with the moving out with your dad, and it's kind of the timing of it works out pretty perfectly. Right. The second part of it was for your comedy career, and I'm interested in. Um, maybe you explaining to me and maybe your listeners as well on like why, why it's a, why it's a good move right now for a comedian at your level to move to Austin. Well, so within, so it depends on how like motivated really the comedian is. Yeah. It's like for me, I'll go fucking anywhere. Right. It doesn't fucking matter where. So like within a, a two and a half hour radius of the apartment that we're going to get, there's like nine or 10 comedy clubs, whether it's, you know, San Antonio or Dallas or all that shit. O- uh, OKC is a little further out, but like, we're going to be hitting all that shit. I'm going to be trying to get, 
uh, doing shows like all across the South for the, um, for the next one to two years and just try to just do as many shows as possible. Uh, it, it depends on who it is, but for like me personally, I know like 12 or 13 comics that are out there that are like working comics out there. And so like I should be able to, you know, fly into the scene pretty seamlessly. These people have moved there since the pandemic? Some of them have lived there like pretty much the whole time have been like Texas comics that came out here yeah. to LA like most people do and well, have be, gone back. I think we talked about this before, but um, I, I think that there there used to be this um, unwritten rule. It was like, don't start doing comedy in LA. Start in right. a smaller market, get good in a place where there is a lot more stage time available like you just described. And then once you're like, good then move to a bigger market like new york or la or la but you've already been doing comedy for a while now in socal and um i think the the what i'm curious about is that the the pandemic has presented a uh, an opportunity that, that you wouldn't have considered moving there had had this not happened Fuck no. so there has been a a, a big a massive exodus amongst comics towards the the Austin um, scene, and I'm that, so I'm asking why. What is what is more beneficial about that right now than L.A. Just stage time. It's cheap, super cheap out there. I think with the uh, the apartment we're getting, my rent split's going to be like four fifty, then plus utilities or whatever. So like each or total. Each. I was going to say, uh, I mean, I, when I bought this house, I looked at the price. This is like a, such a shitty thing to do when you buy a house in California. Look at how much that money will get you in other cities. And <laughs> like you can like for the house, cost of this house, which is not big, by the way, you could get like a mansion in other cities. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just how it is. But I was looking at Austin is the point of the story. And there, you know, it wasn't much, it wasn't so much cheaper. You you might get a little bit more, but it wasn't, the, the price wasn't significantly cheaper. So I was wondering if it was like that in rent too. Cause like, let's just ballpark a, a one bedroom in Los Angeles is probably like 1800 to 2000 bucks right now. Yeah. And what, so you're getting something for cheaper than that. That's a two bedroom that you're splitting with a, a buddy. Yeah. So like my personal rent splits could be 450. He's actually moving out there with his girlfriend. And so, like, they've been together for, like, a while or whatever. So the uh, three of you are going to be in a place? or there's Yeah. A, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually kind of not a bad setup because you chop the utilities three ways, too. And Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be nice. Plus, she's pretty cool. I love this dude. It's actually really crazy because this guy went to school out in Kentucky. He went to – or I, I, I probably butchered it, but Murray State, I think. No, it, that's how you say it? Yeah, Kentucky. Um, and his – but he's from Brea, Orange County. Yeah. And so he – I was doing the Brea Improv, and I get a message from this guy uh, asking if it was cool if like I put uh, two tickets on my guest list for his parents because his parents wanted to like go to a comedy show, and so like he's been following me and shit. And so I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, dude, whatever. And it's like we went from that two years ago to like moving into a place like because now he does comedy like all this shit. And so like the you know it's always like that with like com- comedians like they'll you know you know you'll go to an open mic before you go up or you'll go to a show before you go up or you know you'll follow a couple comedians before you actually end up doing it because it's that that little interest that you have and then you finally get the balls to do it no i totally agree but i mean i also was again back to the austin thing like i'm just obsessed with it kind of uh because i I, you know you've seen the the bigger name people i think didn't uh, tim Dillon just move there uh i'm not sure you posted on Instagram. doing shit out there. He posted on Instagram that he was moving. He said goodbye LA, and I don't know where he's going. But I, you know, for Tom Segura moved there. Um, Joe Rogan moved there, and I for the people at that level, I understand it because a, a huge chunk of their income is their podcast revenue. 
and and to move to a state like Texas that doesn't have the same um, state income taxes that California does, if your income stream is coming from the web, you could do it anywhere. And so why do it in a state where our taxes are ridiculous? Go move to a state, right. you know. And Theo did the same thing. He moved to Nashville. Taxes are cheaper there to do. If all your income is coming from an online revenue stream. You know, but then the issue, the, the, the other aspect of it that's really cool is if you're a, um, a largely a touring comedian and every single weekend you're on the road to live in a state that's in the middle of the country, you know, you spend less time on an airplane and you can get back to your family faster. Like we're, if you live in LA, you're flying, every single flight that you take is out of the southwest corner of the country. <laughs> so every single flight that you take is the longest possible flight. Uh, to anywhere on the on the east coast or even in the right. middle of the coast. but so to leave that same flight or that to do that same you know chore of having to be on the road of the weekend but leaving from the middle of the country arguably cuts your your you know your flying time in half and cost and cost of living like if you're if sure. you're not home all the time you're just kind of paying for like a little base yeah I mean, these these people are multimillionaires. Right, who I'm re- referring to not but, all of them, but there's touring comedians that aren't. Yeah, I know, but I mean, like um, at that level. But I'm sure there's some some people that are in between, you know, Segura and Rogan, and then you and I are at the bottom, and there's some right. people in the middle there that like are really benefiting from the the Texas situation. But you know, like I don't want to, I don't know if. I'm going to say the pandemic is almost over, but like in Southern California, things are starting to open back up. So do you, is there any part of you right now that's that thinking that like moving to Texas, like that ship has already sailed? Like the, the, it's like, it'd be like the equivalent of like buying Bitcoin in 2018. Like all the people that made their money over it, it's, it's already happened. You needed to do it like way sooner. Like I see the people that, that like got, got the Austin thing, uh, in, in the comedy sector that happened already. No. So, you know, even when like the main gold rush ended, it's not That's, like all gold the rush gold, is a good word. I should have said that, you know, with even when the gold rush, you know, the main rush ended, it's not like all the gold was gone. So it's, you know, it, you know, just the, the main influx of people left. And so when we move there, you know, two months from now, I feel like people will have moved back to wherever the fuck they're from. Like, you know, as of right now, there's like 13 or 14 open mics in the city a week. And you can this city or that city? Austin. Okay. Uh, you could go up and like indoors with people like it was out here. Like it's it's great. You can get up three times a night out there. And so, and that's with all the people that are there right now. Even if, you know, a quarter of those people leave. And so here's the thing with like that I've heard so far with Austin that it seems to be ringing true based on who the fuck's on these shows is that they have so many shows going on right now with so many different venues every fucking night that they don't have enough good comedians to fill the lineups. And so like my homie uh, is getting on shows all the fucking time and he's like, but dude, do you think he sucks? No, 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 no. Uh, this guy doesn't suck, which is why he's getting on shows all the fucking time. Okay. I don't know if you meant like. I mean, in smaller cities, if you are already he did get booed off stage, but if you're already so did you, if you're yeah. crushing, <laughs> uh, if you're crushing in a bigger market, like if you know you're already doing good out here, that you are the argument should be that you should go to a market like that and kill it, right? Like you should already you should be uh, an absolute like juggernaut in a smaller market. But that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, that's what I mean. I, I hope, and I, look, I I told you when you texted me a couple months ago and told me you're moving. And I said I was super happy for you, and I think that um, it it is a cool move. And you know, I definitely um, you know I want you to come back, and I hope you don't stay there. I, I love Austin. It's a cool city. I've been uh, a couple yeah. times. It's a uh, it's a lot of fun, but it is it's not Southern California. I'll definitely I'll definitely be back. Everything um, I know is out here, dude. I think that you you know you definitely should go and get every all the things that it sounds like are beneficial from this little unique experience in time of other, you know, 
not to sound shitty, but this would be in any other situation a step backwards. Yeah, career career wise for anyone listening, like in, to go to a smaller market after you've already spent two or three years in a big market, um, could be like a huge step back. Because then you come back to LA. Let's say you come back to LA two years from now, you, you gotta start all over. You gotta make all the connections all over again. You gotta start like. I don't know. Maybe not, not necessarily in the internet age. Maybe not. And I was, and maybe it's maybe it's a little different now. But like that 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 could be a reset button on your career, it, depending on how long you stay away. You know what I mean? Um, and I'm not saying that'll happen to you. I'm not saying that it's happened. I don't know a single person that's happened to because this pandemic comedy situation is very new. By the way, I didn't do stand up the entire year of 2020. I don't know how you did that. Well, I had a baby. Uh, me personally, my wife was not involved. Um, <laughs> no, we had a baby. So that like, that was a big part of it. And then also like, I didn't want to do zoom comedy. I didn't want to do, uh, I didn't want to do, do out. Like it was weird. Like, it all, I wanted it to be back to like normal. And I didn't know how long it was going to last. The same reason I like, I haven't done my podcast in a year either because right. I was having people over to my house where I lived with my newborn baby. And I didn't want to do that amidst a pandemic. So I was like, well, who knows? Maybe this thing will last a month, two months. It's been a year. And I was right. like, well, I should have maybe in hindsight figured out a better way to, to do my podcast or to figure out a way to do. I've still been writing uh, jokes occasionally. But to do them um, in a way that would make sense in the event that this lasted as long as it, it has, and I and I didn't. So. Oh, and by the way, uh, just to touch on it, I wanted to say this earlier when you were talking about your old place, uh, dude. Your place was like so tight. That, yeah. Like even like when I would go, go get booked on shows out there, and like like you'd be busy and you wouldn't like cruise or we wouldn't go hit mics or whatever, I would still park in front of your fucking house and walk. Yeah, that's fine. And that's <laughs> uh, you told me you're like, hey, are you home? I'm parking in front of your place. Uh, I gotta take a shit. Can I come up? And I'm like, I'm not. I'm not even home right now. But no, I like if you could if you got on like Google Maps and you drew a triangle, if you took the three main comedy clubs, the improv, the comedy store and the laugh factory and you drew a triangle that connected those clubs, my spot was right in the middle of that triangle. Yeah. And so it made it really cool, convenient to, to walk to all of them. You know, we could also stop and get tacos on the way or get a beer on the way home or yeah. whatever. It was like I loved it. And we did we didn't move to the suburbs because we had a baby we moved because everything closed during the pandemic some of my like the pikey right next to my house I, did you ever go to the pikey open mic with me probably it was awesome um but also it's a cool bar and a cool restaurant they had like the, my favorite fries in all of la the, the dipping sauce that came with them i don't even know what it was some kind of aioli but it was made but anyways that aioli. Bar, that bar did not survive COVID. It, 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 yeah, it closed uh, even like the, like two months in. I was like, man, you guys didn't have any kind of a sludge fund? <laughs> like one one month's worth of no business and you're, sh you're shutting the doors? All right. And I, I, like that broke my heart also because I, it was like walking distance from my house. But also there was, if that's one bar, there was t 12 others every week that were, that were suffering the same um, fate fate uh as that bar be and and it was breaking my heart honestly to just watch all the all the cool stuff around us that we like love to frequent and Dude, and anchor bar died yeah i mean and same thing down down where you are it's and it, it you know that and that i mean we were seeing that with people too like all any of your friends that you had that were in the service industry or bartenders or whatever like that first couple of months was or maybe even longer maybe still or it was hard for them because they're not by no fault of their own Unable to work. All right, and, time out. Time yeah. out. Time out. So my homie, uh, I'll say her name. Fucking Amy Rodriguez. You have to say her last name. Jeez. Yeah, <laughs> dude. So she worked at a bar, and she like uh, they, they technically got like furloughed or laid off, or whatever. So she was able to qualify for uh, unemployment. This was 
like a year ago. Yeah, and it was good. I think like like she the, was mon- the money, so much fucking there was, money. There were people that I was talking to that was she's making, still on it. Oh, she's still getting a I shitload think, of money. Oh, I think a lot of people. I'm uh, mad about it. It dried up a little bit. To, I mean, not dried up, but like you could only get it for so long. I don't know how she's still getting. It. I have no That's idea. What I'm saying. But I I talked to a handful of friends, some comics that were like, no, I'm making more money now on unemployment than I ever made yeah. working. Ridiculous. And I don't know why they were just giving more money. I mean, like she's pulling in a grand a week. Oh, I mean that's a lot. I was like, like for, I mean, for just dependent. sitting on her ass playing PS4. I was yeah. like, what the fuck are you? No incentive about? to go back to to doing it the way it was. But I've seen other people. I've seen it go the other way where people didn't get that money and yeah. I mean, it's been rough for them. Like a ton of people in the beginning, a ton of people had to move back to Kentucky or wherever they were from, <laughs> wherever they were from originally, and so uh, you know that was sad too. But you know, from a comic standpoint, you know, less competition for you, right? You know, like, get out of here if you can't hack it. We're still in the the pandemic. So to touch on like COVID comedy, like I did one Zoom show and it was freaking garbage. It's literally like you're talking to yourself and there's such yeah. a delayed reaction from the people. And That's why I didn't want to do fake. Zoom podcasts. I, like I don't like that you. Zoom podcasts I need are different to though. be in the same room as you. Like um, we're not sitting close right now. If anyone's listening to this, thinking that we're like violating whatever. We're, we got microphones. We're far away, but still, I can see your facial expressions, and we can feed off of each other's energy. And I can, I, you know, when I'm about to stop talking, and then you start talking. Yeah. There's not that weird delay, and so I just didn't want to do that. It is weird, but like I don't know. I'm glad I kept doing like the podcast. But like as far as co- like the Zoom comedy shows, like uh, do you know Anthony Davis? Yeah, the guy that I would open for and shit. Like uh, I did a, I was hanging out with him. And he was like, by the way, he was like, oh, hold on. I got a, I got a Zoom show at like 530. I was like, what the fuck? And he did like a Zoom show in my car at like 530. <laughs> I was like, and he was just like on his phone and like, but it's like the way he was interacting. I was like, dude, this is, it's like, so it's, it's fake. Dude, like, I, I get it, but I get this. it. And people have to try to, I think he was getting paid for it. I know. I was like, other than sure. that, you're not people need to try anything. to make their, their living however they can. And, and I, I, I told you why we had to do this today at this time is because prior to this, I had to do a, <laughs> I went to, or uh, I attended a virtual baby showers, friends of mine, and they had a, um, it was great. They're it was my best friends. I love them so much. They're about to have a baby next month. And, um, they had a magician on the so like the first a zoom magician and i and and first i was like this is gonna be weird how's this gonna work and it was like this this like magician making she's the same thing she had to make her she has to make her living just because the you know magic and so she was like you know putting herself out there on however maybe it was like a friend of a friend knew and she had to still do she has to do her job which is magic but in any way that people will receive it and in this particular case is 50 people watched her did do her uh 20 little minute little magic show on zoom was it cool yeah it was but in but i but is do you think that that's her preferred way to to want to do that absolutely not because when you do a magic trick it's the same. It's almost the same as like when you tell a joke. There is like that. There's either laughter or there's like the whole audience being like, "Holy shit, the Seven of Clubs was up there," you know, or whatever. And you need you as a, I'm sure as a performer, like that, the instant gratification of knowing you pulled that trick off and you just blew everybody's fucking mind. <laughs> the same way you do with a joke. You just made everybody laugh. And so she's not ever. You know, there's 50 people on this thing, and so we all were on mute. So she's not hearing the whoa when she does something cool. And I bet that probably sucks for her. But also, I'm sure she was getting paid either way. And I bet that that she was just like, I'll take it how I can get it right now. Society isn't the way it was prior. And I need to to do my job. Yeah. So. um, The outdoor shows. I didn't, I didn't do any of those either. Really? And I mean, you sent me video clips that I was like, dude, I would rather quit comedy forever 
then do one of those shows. You were like at a park and there's like a little speaker the size of like an iPhone. Oh, those are open mics. Some of the Loathe. shows. I would I would I would rather just I would rather move to the actual ghetto. No, I don't know why you keep calling. <laughs> but no, I I just I had no no interest. I mean, earlier on Joe Rogan in the beginning of the podcast, he said I don't have a better quote, so I'm just going to steal his. He said that trying to do stand-up comedy without a crowd is like trying to swim without a pool. And I just heard that, and I thought, yeah, I agree. And it is true. Like, you need that live room. You need the crowd. And I don't I have any interest in going to work out new material at a park in front of two other people with a Bluetooth speaker. <laughs> See, I haven't really been doing park mics for that reason, but, like, the show. The fact that you even said park mics like it's a normal thing, like, that I need to be aware <laughs> of is an alarming. I don't do park mics anymore. They shouldn't exist, people. It's just, you know, people trying to get their little fix wherever they can. I understand that. But the the outdoor shows, there have been a couple that I've done that have been, like, super fucking legit. There's, like, a venue in Anaheim right now that this guy started in, like, his backyard. But, like, he, like, put, like, a shitload of money into it. And, like, every single crowd's been, like, sold out. And it's, yeah. been, it's like, actually legit. And then there's other shows. I've seen some some cool, good-looking uh, backyard shows yeah. that were outside, and you know everybody in the audience is wearing masks, and it looked you know safe-ish. But like, what do they? Do? What's the microphone situation? The dude had like a whole it's audio like, setup. Like it was fucking sick. No, but everybody uses the same mic and stuff. Oh, he he. You know they they got the wipe. Some places they have two mics, so they'll they'll switch it out in between comics and, and then wipe clean, it, wipe it <laughs> clean down. the yeah. other one. Yeah, uh, I saw. Well, I saw. Um, Fahim Anwar posted a picture. It was like him and Rogan and Chappelle and all those like people at the top of their game doing one, and every single person had a different mic. And I was like, yeah, probably at that level, that's how it's going to have to be. But at our level, I th- you know I had a at the time I had a pregnant wife at home, and then also I had a newborn baby. After that, I was like, I'm not going to go out and get COVID <laughs> to do a fucking slotted park mic, mic yeah. yeah, or a park mic. I'm going to pay five dollars to get. Um, you know, to get coronavirus from doing, from telling five minutes of shitty jokes in front of three other people. But I mean, that was some of the shit they were doing. Like, remember when we did the, uh, so I mean, I'm glad you never got it. I'm glad you never, uh, I'll say this. I don't know how the fuck I didn't get it. COVID's not real. (laughs) You shouldn't, uh, I'm I'm not trying to like jinx my own shit. No, I know. But I mean, you got wood around here, uh, to knock on it, but like, (laughs) no, not a single piece. (laughs) All that shit way over there. Yeah. Uh, but, no, I, I, I just, I, you know, you, you, everything was a calculated risk. Like even going to the grocery store, or like the certain people, certain friends or family that you would allow yourself to see under like certain outdoor situations. Like I, I had every reason to be extremely careful and I thought kids couldn't get it. They're, they're on the lowest, um, to my understanding. Like once we got to a certain point, our doctor was like, yeah, he's at an age where you don't have to worry anymore. A, a newborn status was like. But you know there were some some yet. babies that did it, but then once he I think once he got like four or five months, the doctor was like, yeah, he's kind of like safe right now. He didn't say like so he's not like a hundred percent safe. Like I mean, you you and I, even though we're like ten years apart, we're we're still at a, like the lowest one of the lowest. Right. Like um, th- and you know, thankfully I never got it. Do you have any of those people that are like, dude, I swear I had it back in January? Do you have any of those friends? I know a guy that had it in January and like for sure fucking had it. Like I've, this dude was. Fucked. That's what I'm saying, Fucked though. He up. doesn't know he had it. He doesn't know. Okay, for, see, like, he but he's like, bro, in January, for no reason, just like I was coughing like a lot, and I'm pretty sure that was coronavirus. <laughs> like, no, that, no, that, no. I'm talking about that guy. I know people like that, but there was this this one guy. Uh, he was fucked up, 
and like he was just like i've never like he was like i've never felt like this before and it was like he literally like was he slept for like five straight days it was fucking crazy i mean i've i've had uh have you had any other friends who got like have got it since it's been um diagnosable as so coronavirus i i don't know any like personal friends that have got it but my one of my best friends his mom got it and she's mm-hmm. a total fat ass and she lived through it and so i was like dude like if your mom fucking lived through it i'm not even tripping anymore yeah i mean you still have a week or two of not a great experience um yeah because I, mean, but... I was i had uh i've had two close friends get it and they lost the you know you lose your s- smell and your taste for a couple weeks right and maybe you're you're in the bed for a little bit, and you're tired, and you're but like that was their experience. I'm not saying that's everybody's experience because I do also do know it's different friends of friends who have died from it. Um, Jeez. And uh, so you know, I can't sit here and say I don't think it's real, like you said, or I don't think you know, like I, I mean, I was kidding. I, it's definitely real. I know, Come on, bro. Because <laughs> um, there are some people who. Do, I mean, I've, I've seen them. I've seen the people. I've talked to the people, and just I'm so incredulous. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, there because there are people who have died from it. So yeah, you can't. A lot. And it's like, a, and it's also not just like a conspiracy because it's not like a United States only thing. It's like a worldwide thing. So you think the whole fucking planet got together to make up this shit? It's those people that are like, well, I can't see it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, what the fuck? Those people. Are I sh- can't see AIDS. Yeah. Uh, but it exists. Yeah. Oh, I, that's what I wanted to fucking bring up way back AIDS? when. No, no, no. That you when you were. Um, uh, oh, maybe we didn't. Oh, never mind. Never mind. Uh, we were talking about uh, like people cheating on their wives or whatever. But uh, I think that's fucking crazy that like Magic Johnson not only cheated on his wife multiple times, cheated on his wife and got AIDS. And it was public as fuck, and she's still with him today. I didn't know that. Um, what? Well, I mean, there was the South Park episode that was like how to, because like he should, he <laughs> the I guess theoretically should have already um, died from it, but he like injects like <laughs> money. money into his eyeballs every single day. <laughs> I, I I used to love South Park when I was. It came out when I was in seventh grade. That's uh, we were just talking about well, there that. We go. Too. And so um, seventh eighth grade, and I. Uh, kept up with it all through high school and all through college and then i moved out here and i didn't have a tv for the first like a little bit and i just that that was when i stopped watching it and so it's gone on it's still going on still strong to this day and i haven't watched it for like 10 years but i know every once in a while they put out like a banger yeah and that makes it that makes it into some like uh meme or something that i see and i'm like oh, i should go try to hunt down that episode and watch it and it's um i mean those guys are insanely talented oh. well that too but i mean they have the they're about did going to are probably about to have the longest running like series of all time did it debut on comedy central was comedy yes. central around back then yes yes it, it did and it did and it and uh it's that i mean it was around way b- even before that but right um i think maybe it was it was it, I mean, it lo- it, like popular yeah it looked different for sure and it still looked different than it did today uh have you because you were just a little bitty baby at the time, but have you gone back and watched Ch- Chappelle show? I've watched I've watched some of it. Cause it's I, on Netflix I need, now. I need to sit down and watch all. of it. I watched it like live when it came out. I was in college when it came out and watched it at weekly. Like it was you know to wait every single right. I don't know if it came on on Sunday. I don't even remember what day it came on. But we watched it. Me and my roommates watched it every single week. And then I just started watching it again on Netflix. Like like every night I'll watch two or three episodes before I go to bed. And um, it's weird. How, what? I mean, I'm not saying it didn't hold up or anything, but it's just like, 
I mean, Dave Chappelle arguably is like one of the he'll be one of the best comics to ever do it. Right. But his show, I remember at the time thinking it was like everything, and now I'm like, oh, there's better stuff now. And I hate that I even have to say that. Uh, but like you know, like he even referenced it on his special. Like he and Peel was a better sketch comedy show. I don't think he uh, said better. He said he they're said doing they, my show. Yeah. But. He, the stuff that he got away I'll say this the stuff that he got away with on his show at the time that his show was out can't happen today but also like I was I was like definitely noticing the quality was way lower than it sh- I felt like it should have been or I remembered it being at a time when I was watching which was like 0304 because the TV you're watching on probably had a fucking box attached to it no but it was it was not a flat screen in it was, I had a I had a flat TV they used to make um it was like a the screen was flat because they used to be curved you know like there was like a like a yeah um, with a box attached to it but it, my, I had a flat screen TV but it was still was like a box like it was maybe like uh eight or nine inches like thick but this it was a sony and like it was the screen part of it was flat but it still was a square it was like you know um in the early days you could select full screen or widescreen and widescreen was more like a rectangle and full screen was more like a square were you which one were you it was a square um but i remember someone explained it to me when i bought my next tv they were like hey you know you know dvds used to be sold when you could buy you would go to the store and you would be like do i want toy story 2 in (laughs) full screen or do i want it in widescreen and you had to pick which dvd you bought which one would you pick widescreen thank you and even and they were like right well i was like and someone was like well i don't have a widescreen tv and they're like yeah but one day you will and if you pick full screen right now you know those bars that you don't like at the top and bottom of widescreen dvds well now if you or if you buy a full screen those are going to be on the sides when you have a widescreen tv which inevitably you will have inevitably we now have everybody only has that tvs are so cheap now like 55 inch that's such a in, in such every a single throwback. room of my house and they're all full screen man well i, I fucking forgot that's about the that. kind of stuff you get when you have me on your podcast and i'm 10 years old <laughs> um what were you doing on 9-11 i was in school what happened we sat in class and watched it all day like they just wheeled in a tv and you watched it no there's already tvs in every single classroom there they used just, to be a TV's, huh? We didn't, not, I don't know what day of the week it was, but let's say it was Wednesday. 9-11 was Wednesday. I don't know what day it was. Um, we That's all we did for the rest of that week and the following week was just really? sit it. Yeah, we didn't do shit. Rightfully so. I mean, we just watched, we watched the news every, every single day and it was like, this is you know, like the craziest thing that's happened in most of our lifetime. And for me at that point, um, had been the craziest thing that ever happened in my lifetime. We were all just glued to the, the TV. And couldn't and couldn't stop, like obsessing over it, um, un, unhealthily so maybe even. And our teachers should have known better. But <laughs> and then you go home, you would go home, and you're you then you'd put it on with your families too, and you'd just be watching it. I mean, it was crazy. I don't I don't know another way to to articulate that experience. Where were you doing? You were so super. I was young. in kindergarten. I, I, I just remember I just remember like getting picked up from school early. Uh, I don't I don't remember watching it. Uh, there's people, you know, remember watching the towers, you know, fall on TV or watching the planes hit on TV. But I was just thinking about like how crazy that is like now where or even back then where we could see shit like that happen like live. Whereas like, you know, like back in the day, like imagine being like, like a Jewish family, like during the Holocaust, like yeah. when it just started and you're just like, you don't know yet. So you're just like, I'm going to go to the store well, or like, had, whatever. Yeah. Like how'd you even find out shit? Like well, where so, you need to be in well, hiding. I mean, I had a friend who, I have a friend now who lived in New York when nine 11 happened. And, um, we were even talking about it like recently. Like he, he's put the mic up fool. Huh? 
Oh, and he was saying like he had a bunch of um, pictures that he needed to show me of like he, like this is before cell phones had cameras. He's going out with like an actual camera, just like taking pictures and stuff. And he like lived super close to it. But the the experience for me was the first tower got hit. How are we talking about nine eleven? Anyways, I heard that. <laughs> and then so they turn. So the news went on because they were like that was big news that one tower got hit by an airplane. Right. And so now we're just the cameras are on that because there's still like live smoke and coming out it was of it. An accident and at it, that point. Exactly. And so what we're watching TV and we we watched the second one fly into the tower and that that was the that's what made it like crazy next level. Uh, and I think that's probably most. I'm not. I don't have a unique experience there. I think that's most people's yeah. story with it. Is that you're watching. You're what you watched. What happened first? And you're like, oh man, some pilot. <laughs> what was he doing? How <laughs> how that happened? And then it happened twice. And you're like, this is this is a different story now. A completely different story. Dude. Okay. So when you think of memories like that, or memories at all in general, like how. Like, how well do you remember that memory? Like, do you feel like you're there, or like do you just like feel like you like. Are you watching it from like as if you saw it happen, like you like as if you watched it on a, a show? Well, I actually learned something about memories uh, in in relation to that because I have I have all of um, my son is about to be one, and my wife and I right before you got here we're talking about what we were gonna do for his first birthday, and I was like, well, I have I remember all of my birthdays like very vividly. Cause I had a, I had a birthday party every year. My mom would have a birthday party for me and they're all videotape. There's like, you know, they had like, remember when the VC VCR is like, you put the full yeah. VHS in the tape and then you would be recording with, you'd immediately pop the VC, VHS out of the camera and put it right into the VCR. Watch it that, again. Yeah. Yeah. And so I can, I have those now I've converted those all to DVD and I have them all, all the, you know, my first like 10 or 15, first 10 birthday parties, let's call them that. And I, I, was trying to explain that I had very vivid memories of those. And someone was like, no, you don't have memories of those. Your memories of that are of are from you watching those videos. And, and your brain is confused that with thinking that you, those memories were real, but it's just you older watch watching those videos. Um, so they're not actually real memories. Your memories are just memories of the, of the memories, if that makes sense. So like if someone had a, like, um, you know, like a video of you doing stand up at the Bray Improv, and you're like, "Yeah, I remember that night very vividly." Your your memory actually isn't of you being there that night; it's of you watching the video. No, because I I remember I remember that it was only fucking okay like a year ago. ten years from now. Okay, you, you will you won't have the memory of like what it smelled like in that room, right. or you know who you talked to afterwards, or or what you what you ate for dinner that night. But you will have the you'll have you'll see the video and you'll think, man, that was a great night. I really remember that. But you're actually remembering seeing the the photos or the videos. Do, you, is, do you see the difference? I could. So it's weird how like my memory works. I remember like specific shit when something like wild happened or like important happened and shit i can remember like the the details around that but like i don't remember the day-to-day life of my childhood like i remember like you know like what i did you know wake up at six in the morning do blah, 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 but i don't remember it but i remember like i was just thinking like the thing that made me think about memories right now is i was thinking about you know the angels right and so like the tv uh and it just connected too because i remember one time i was just sitting in the living room watching my dad my stepdad's old tv that had a fucking box attached to it and this had to be 2006 uh and uh the angels catcher mike napoli hit two home runs and i remember watching that shit on the tv but when i'm thinking about it now there's no video or picture of me watching that fucking happen but i remember watching it and i could picture the exact living room that we were at at our like two-time old house yeah i'm not saying it's impossible i'm just saying that i'm just saying like when you think of your memories how do you view them that, that all I was saying was that it's enhanced by um, 
like it's it's crazy that all of my memories of that party are the same memories that were caught on tape. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't think I remember. I don't, I feel like I remembered it, and I, I remember that house that that I that we were we lived in when the parties were happening and all that stuff. And so it's easy for me to to put all of those together in in my brain, and cl- you know classify it as a memory when really it's probably just me like watching those videos. Right categorically it is a memory and i do have memories of it but i but they're not as specific as the video would would let me to believe that that i am remembering them okay let me put it a different way do you remember uh it had to be like two years ago now thank god because i think everybody forgot about it when uh we were at the hollywood improv open mic and i got put up and i tried to run my roast jokes and i got like booed i remember that how do you remember that I remember being mad at you. I remember, <laughs> I remember being because we we walked there from my house. We, we just talked about this, and um, I just feel like you you knew better than to do that. And it's so like I I was going to, that was my favorite mic by the way, and I would go there every single week. And you know, five six weeks in a row, you don't get called up, and you get frustrated, but you still keep going back. And I go with you, and you do get called up, and and it's three minutes, and the f- booker for the improv is sitting back in the back of the room, and you say, "Hey, I got a, I'm going to a roast battle after this. Should I run my roast battle jokes by you guys?" And the whole audience was like, "How dare you? <laughs> How dare you blow your shot at this?" I mean, that's that all that was recent recent memory compared to you know 9-11 or my right. my 10th birthday or, or whatever and, but that's i remember that very i was so mad at you and after and then afterwards we got to walk we had to walk from the improv to the comedy store and i would yelled at you the entire time <laughs> yeah dude well see but that's one of those where it's like you know i know that there was another friend of yours there and i don't remember his name uh yeah i, I mean i knew a lot of, i knew a lot of people there but someone sat with us didn't they and they walked with us to from they didn't they you didn't bring them to my house but you, they you we met at the improv and then they walked to the, the rest of the way. I don't. But I'm saying like that's where my memory is limited because I don't remember who that person was. I, don't I remember, remember who that a, was a, either. There's a a fig a shapeless figurine in that memory walking with us from there, listening to me yell Berate at you. Me, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't have like so like then I went to material and I didn't do bad. I'm not saying it was bad. I'm just saying you should have known better than to even bring that up. Yeah. You want to know something weird that I don't think I told you, but like I ended up, I didn't get pulled. I got put up. <laughs> she like, uh, so this guy who was like a booker uh, at the at the Hollywood Improv uh, did. So that was back in the time when I hosted at the, the summer show, the Manhattan Beach show. Yeah. And the guy did that show. And then he was like, hey, anytime you stop by the Hollywood Improv, like Mike, whatever, let me know and I'll put you up. Uh, and so like that morning I hit him up. Uh, saying that I would I would be there tonight because I had the roast battle, uh, and so like the chick like just reached in with my fucking name in her hand yeah, already. There's a lot of the, you can't see my hand right now, but there's a lot of this going on. Yeah, and like yeah, whoop, yeah. Galen Nash. What is? Yeah, co- I had yeah, no yeah. idea that was about to be the name. I mean, look, I, I I will say that I I didn't. Um, Did you ever go up there? Yeah. Him, All right. Cool. 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 Plenty of times, but I but I didn't get picked as. I, I always played fair. I didn't ever do anything political where I was like, hey, your homie. Uh, you know, I'll put you up at my thing that I don't even have if you next time pull me out of the, uh, you know, I just never did that. And maybe I should have. Maybe it seemed like it worked out pretty pretty well for a lot of people. Yeah, there's um, always that one guy that gets up every time. You're like, how the fuck yeah, is he putting I, a weighted ticket in? I was noticing that too. I was like, how many tickets does that guy have in there? There was one time, though, so I did see... Um, 
somebody get put their name in twice and get busted. Really? They yeah. Got pulled twice. Yeah, and there and so there was one time I was there and I already had my name in the bucket or like I already had a ticket and then someone like didn't fill their ticket out and they gave me their ticket and they're like I gotta leave and I thought oh, I should just write my name on this double my chances and I was like yeah the time that I do that though the time is gonna be the time that I get drawn twice and they're gonna know I'm gonna get like I'm just gonna get I'm gonna get banned or I'm gonna get called out or I'm gonna get like something bad is gonna happen so I didn't do it but I remember having the thought of like did you get pulled that night no. Damn, the karma gods were like, "Fuck this fool." <laughs> no, they were. I think they were. They were smiling down on me. They were like, "That was a good thing to do. We'll get you next week." And I think I did go up the following week. But man, wouldn't it have sucked to get called twice? I'd be like, I would just be like, "I don't know. Did you put my ticket back in there after you drew it?" I, I, I don't know. I didn't. Uh, I already went, so I, I don't it's know. Like the same handwriting and shit. Like, oh, shit. Different colored pens. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you know, when they take the names out of the bucket, they're all sitting right next right. to the bucket. So she'd be like, "No, here's your. I see your other ticket right here." I don't know. I, mean, I don't know how you explain your way out of that. So I'm glad I that never happened. I never did. I never. I I don't like to in any regard of my life. Don't like, like gaming the system. I just feel like it's so scumbaggy. You know what's crazy though? As far as memories go, like I remember. So like any time I'd come up here and I'd do a set at the comedy store, or I had something to do, or like wherever the fuck we were, like I would just be like, I would always hit you up, be like, let's go to this mic. You were like my fucking L.A. guy, yeah. and so like, but I don't remember. Like if you were to be like, oh, do you remember? You know, a specific time. I don't like it's I remember all the comedy store sets and I remember that one time at the improv just because like people were like fucking pissed and then you fucking chewed me out for good reason. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, like I can't, you know, there were so many times that we went to the Hollywood improv and just didn't get up. I don't remember any of those times. Could you, do you remember any of my jokes? Could you tell one of my jokes right now? Oh man. I don't I think did, so. I did like most of the time we were going open mic and I was trying new shit, but I did like, my like rock solid five minutes for your like uh, the, bar the bar shows. I was like yeah. my like what I would do if I was going. You know, like if I had to be on TV, I would do that. Fuck, I don't. It's it been, it's been two years. I there was a time when I could do a handful of years because yours are all a lot shorter and like one liners. Right. Um, and there was even that time that you were when you I went to one of your shows out in like Ontario. Was it Ontario? Was like oh the, yeah, because you you and Nancy were like yeah. out at some party or we some were, shit. No, we were. I mean, we were her uh, mom were lives, out there already. Lives in Riverside, and so we were coming back. From, it's on the way back from Riverside, and um, we stopped <laughs> through, and you like forgot your joke, <laughs> and I wanted to just be like, I knew a couple of your jokes that you hadn't said yet, and I thought about just being like <laughs> Subway because you had a. Su- I like like your joke about that you do about Subway, and right. I was like, I'm not trying to get kicked out. I was like, I'm gonna let him. I'll like he'll he'll figure it out. And then you didn't, and he just walked off stage. I mean, well, that was a great that was a great set. Um, what happened? But you was, just didn't do your last couple of jokes in well. the middle. So the set was the set was going great, but then in the middle, I had a joke that I don't even remember what joke it was, but it flopped. And then uh, another joke, like kind of midway hit, and so I was like, oh fuck, well I can't like risk having like another flop. Yeah. And so I like and so like it was weird because the stool was on the wall behind me, so like. I used my closer. You know, you can mid- move that in the middle of my set. removable stools. I, I know, but like it was like I was like fuck, and so like I couldn't like, so I used my closer in the middle of my set, and so like when it got to the end, I did the joke that comes right before the clo- that my closer at that time, uh, and then I realized as as everybody's laughing, I had that the oh fuck like wait a second, I already set my closer, so now that I was like, ah, oh, shit. Yeah. And, like, I couldn't just, like, scoot backwards and, like, look at my fucking – because, like, on my set list that I write, I write out the set list, and then in the corner I'll write uh, if there's time or, like, if this happens, I'll just have, like, the, the names of the jokes. But 
I was like, oh shit. And so like by the time I even had a chance to think of like what I hadn't, any jokes that I hadn't said, because it was like a, a 12 minute set or some shit, everybody was already quiet and like ready for like the next joke. And I was like, ah, fuck. And like everybody was already staring. And so like yeah. what I did say was something along the lines of like, don't you wish when you were at work and you, you just had like nothing else to say. You said like, you guys ever uh, go to work, go to your job and forget how to do your job right in the middle of work or yeah. something. You said something like that. Yeah. And then people were like, yeah. And I was like, cool. Later. I got, all right. Bye. <laughs> um, no, I, well, with, when I do like 10, 12 minute long sets, I have like my first joke leads into my second joke kind of per, I have like some reminder at the end of that to start, start me off on my next right. thing. And so if I did any one of them out of order, like what you just described, I would also be screwed. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I, I couldn't, but I also would build them that way so that I know, I, I know how to get from the start of my set to the end of my set and hit all the places that I want along the way, because they, right. if the end of one joke is about my dad, then the start of one joke is about something, you know, whatever. I don't right. Know. Um, but that's, I, I have to, I have to do that. I mean, there are some people that don't, there's some comics that just like get up and riff and they can make magic out of nothing. I, every right. word that comes out of my mouth when I'm on stage is planned. Oh, like really? in this or in more or less the exact same order, like uh, to like the 99.9th percentile, I have written it out the way that I want it to be said. And I say it that way. And if it, if I deviate too far from that, I, I just, I don't know. Um, and I know that's not like, the best practice but that's just the way that i the way that i work oh no way uh yeah no it, it i like doing crowd work and like riffing sometimes but it just depends on like two things one how long my set is and where my set is like yeah. if i'm at the fucking comedy store i'm not about just like do that, some fucking crowd work that better know? be like assassin level precision yeah with your, yeah with your delivery yeah, and everything. yeah or the improv and shit like that but like the best part about that whole thing was like after the show People would be like, dude, that ending through that was so funny, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, just like, oh, yeah, like, thanks, man. You know, I mean, and you can like, like, pretend. I've like, seen I'd you fucking... have some, some things that you post on social media came from, like, the room. And, like, somebody yeah. said something stupid, and you laid into them, and that made a really good bit. But also could have went the exact opposite direction. Right. You never know what you're going to get with those. And, uh, you know, again, it depends. Sometimes it depends on the venue. depends on, like I said, you, had, you, told, you were texting me the other day about one that was in, like, what was, like, a shitty biker bar type Bro, area. The fucking Mongols. Well, the what? Do you know the you, you ever is heard it of a bar? Mongols? Is it a um, biker gang? So yeah, the Mongols biker gang is the number one most notorious, and this is by via the FBI. The number one most notorious biker gang. They're direct rivals with the Hell's Angels and shit. But the Hell's Angels are kind of like more tame compared to these dudes. Like if you disrespect their gang, their gang they'll murder you. Like, it's fucking crazy. And I got fucking... You knew this already or you had to Google it? This was afterwards. I Googled this shit afterwards. <laughs> I Googled all this shit afterwards. I didn't know that shit. Uh, yeah, I'm just, like, laying out facts. Like, I knew it before. But no, and so, like, what, what was what was weird about it is that... So, like, Jeff Garcia, who's been doing comedy for, like, 20-plus years, he's the voice of Sheen and Jimmy Neutron or whatever, he was, like, he was doing this show, and the guy who, like, set up the show wasn't there. And so Jeff was, like... He did coke or he was drunk or he something, dude. And he like comes into like the office green room and he's like, eh, let's make it interesting. Let's do like a contest. Fifty bucks to the winner. And so I was like, what the fuck? That's his voice? Yeah, he sounds just like that. Uh and kind of. But uh uh so he goes up first, does like ten minutes and bombs. And I was like, Oh shit. And there's like fifty people there. And right before this, like the week before that, uh, I had done that and I fucking like crushed like it was the fucking belly room. And like so then this guy, Jeff, saw my set and was like, Oh, come back next week and so i was like all right for sure so now i'm coming back next week as like a follow-up and so he asked me close the fucking show he does up first he asked me close the show and everybody in between 
bombs. And so I'm like, I'm still kind of confident where I'm like, okay, like my jokes are like tailored to bar shows where they're like, they're kind of quick. You don't have to pay attention to the whole thing. Kind of yeah. like it should be fine. Whereas, you know, the people in the middle were like telling stories and shit, which don't fucking work at bar shows. I would, are you, I would go one step further and say comedy doesn't work at bar shows. Yeah. <laughs> people don't show up to those Bar, they don't show up to bars to listen to some guy in the corner and be like, yeah, so my dick uh, doesn't work. After, like, They want to drink and watch the Lakers game or whatever. They're not listening to you talk, tell your dick jokes. And it's actually even like annoying that you're talking at all. Like, Who gave that kid over there right. a microphone? I'm trying to enjoy my Heineken and watch this game. I will say this. I've had some great bar show sets and i've had some very trash fucking bar show sets it really just just a toss of the well i coin. did your i did your bar show twice and i actually think the first time i did it i it was like well it was a great set and it was like in some yeah. it's the way that it was set up that night there was like people were like actually paying attention yeah. they were in a in a formation that was that 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 worked for listening to stand-up comedy the second time i did it some dude was getting domed up they well it was just like the, they expand you expanded you moved to a different part of the bar and yeah. no one there could have given a single shit that comedy was happening and they were watching a game and the, there's people who were probably even playing pool or something but they were like why do yeah. why is that guy over there in the corner talking oh there's more guys talking there's gonna we're gonna do six guys in a row talking and i'm st- i'm over they're like so with each person that goes up they're just they're, you can see worse. how much more infuriated they're getting with the fact that but you were doing that show so regularly. If they were um, a frequent visitor of that bar, they should know that on Wednesday nights yeah, or whatever. Most, most nights of that bar were like a lot of fun. But to wrap up that other story, I got fucking booed off stage by the, these dudes with hardcore face tattoos, and it was fucking ass. And yeah. then, um, and then Jeff wasn't even there after his set. He bounced after he bombed. He was just like, "Oh fuck this, I'm out," and he left. And so it was fucking. It was weird, right? Uh, but the the summers bar show to this day is still like my favorite the the most favorite shows that I've ever done. But it was yours and you owned it and you got to do like you you got to be the host and you got to do material and like because you were putting it on you had like a pride and an ownership and like who you put on the shows. And that was like like um we always talk about that kid that you know that's like a clout chaser. It's not like clout chasing, <laughs> but like you did have a little bit of like clout because you got to you could reach out to people that were um that you probably otherwise wouldn't get to talk to right. in comedy and be like, hey, I have this show. This, this many people usually come. Do you want a headline? And, you know, for somebody who's like, you know, mid-level or an opener for like a bigger comedian, um, you know, they would be – they would jump at the opportunity to come down to that show and be the headliner. And right. so you got to get on, you know, you got to be a part of their conversation because of it. And that was good for you and good for your comedy career. Like, um, so I can understand. It sucks that that bar didn't survive. Cause that was like a really cool bar. The bar's still there. Oh, I thought you said the bar didn't survive. No, that was a different bar. Anchor bar went down. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is yeah, yeah. a different bar. I, th- I think it's still there. I don't know. The owner and I, we follow each other on Instagram. He hasn't posted anything saying that it's out of business or whatever. Yeah. But that bar, the way the show started, is so it was me and uh, this other female comic, not not other, I'm, I'm a guy, uh, but this female comic, Kelly Jean Brown, we were like, we wanted to start a show. Okay, well, here we go. I wanted to start a show somewhere in between Orange County and LA. So it would, because people would always hit, so this was like a year and a half into me doing comedy. People would always be like, dude, like, how are you getting spots at the comedy store? How are you getting spots in LA? Like people in Orange County would be telling me that. And it's just like, I wanted to start a show in the middle of fucking both of them so I could book half people in LA, half people in Orange County, and merge the scenes, have people network, and have people like meet each other. And that's kind of what happened for the most part. You know, if you didn't, 
if you just came, did your thing, and then left, that's on you. But I can't fucking force you to, you know, network with you or anyone else that was there. And it wasn't too treacherous of a drive from, and I lived in, at the time I lived in West Hollywood, it was like right in the middle of the city, and I was just, I, it took me maybe 30 minutes to get there. Yeah. And if I'm going down there to do, you know, I think you would let me have like seven or eight minutes or whatever. Right. I'm still going to stay and have a couple drinks and talk to people. Like, I'm going to have not a lot of drinks because I drove down there, <laughs> but uh, just to make that clear it, uh, publicly. But, um, you know, it, it was uh, it was different people than you would see at the mics up here. Yes. And then some, and then when you did see a person from a mic up here, you'd be like, oh, yeah. And you like, we drove, we both made this trek, huh? Like, you, you're doing, uh, what was it, Manhattan Beach? Manhattan Beach. Yeah. The prestige, most prestigious of all the beaches, supposedly. Ah, dude, it was such a fun time. It lasts for eight months every Wednesday, but like we so That's we a good run for an open mic show. Yeah. And did you have to do? Were you on the hook for any kind of like alcohol sales or food sales or anything? You, they just let no, you. No, they just we they let us do our thing with the people that were there. There was no real promotion because there's some I won't name any of the bars, but they would be, but they would you know they would have two buckets and they would be like, this is this free by the way to do this mic. You're if you want a free ticket that goes in this bucket right here. If you buy an item, a drink nacho cheese fries whatever uh bring the receipt up here sign your name on that receipt put that in this bucket over here it's bucket number two we're going to be drawing uh at a ratio of three to one on the the paid bucket to the free bucket. oh it, it was a show you it know what i'm talking a, about it wasn't an open mic though. i know i, I was just putting up randos i know but i'm saying for mics like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. if you if you do it at a so like let's say you would have done that at the pikey uh, the bar that we were talking about earlier. Right. The owner is like, yeah, you can have a mic here, but you better be moving some product, some bro. Sales, yeah. You, and so that's how they would get people to, you know, uh, the, incentivize them to be in that other bucket because your name would get drawn out faster if you bought a drink. Right. Which I always did. And there's a lot of people that don't drink and do comedy and it's like Just seriously. Um, and I don't like to get drunk and do comedy because I have – I have sat at a mic all night long and waited for my name to get pulled out and waited and waited and waited and just got more and more frustrated. And every single time it did not go get another drink. <laughs> and by the time my name did get called up like three hours later, I was like three sheets and I was just pissed. And there was two people in the audience. And I would get up there and just be like mad. And it just wasn't good for me or the, the venue people, or, yeah. my, or the people who stayed. And so I had like, you know, most mics typically can only last like an hour sometimes. And so I would have like a one drink per mic rule after that, after that first time that I was like, I just, it just, it just got to me that I was like spending my whole night waiting for my name to get pulled out of a bucket. And like, sometimes it wouldn't even get pulled or by the time it got pulled, no one was there when like, if I would have got pulled out first, I would have had like a, like a 75 person crowd to perform in front of. Yeah. It, dude, that's the thing. with Should have been more political. That's the thing with like the LA shit though. Uh, because in Orange County, back in you know before COVID, I could get up four times a night between Orange County and Lo and Long Beach, and then still be back home by you know one. Yeah. Well, hopefully you also circumvent that problem by moving to Austin, and yeah. and you you get up a bunch, um, and you know you get some new material. You're living, you've never lived anywhere else, right? So I mean, as like as far as like so okay, so born Florida, lived there for so i moved to pasadena when i was three lived in pasadena then monrovia duarte la walnut 
Costa Mesa. So all, all Beach, SoCal. Fountain Valley. Yeah. So except for Florida. With it, but, but you were each, three. Each SoCal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, experience is different. Even my experience in the valley is different than my experience in West Hollywood. There's ex- like you, away. you can go, um, and then you go like a thirty minutes south, and you're like in Long Beach, which is still like you know close enough and it's like a whole different vibe down there but like in a good way like you can go to koreatown which is 10 minutes away from west hollywood and it's still a different vibe there like it's it's all little different neighborhoods and that's something i think so cool about this city is that like you can you can be in a seemingly different city even though you're still in the same city right but what i was saying for you is that you know you have more or less the landscape doesn't change socal city to socal city so you're about to go to texas for the first time and be around people with like thick accents and (laughs) and um you're gonna eat brisket a lot and you're gonna you had had brisket before uh yeah okay i don't know i'm I'm a meat meat guy all right well i mean brisket's not like a huge socal thing but um you know, you get you'll have a uh, Texas barbecue is like a different different scene out there too. But also, you know the uh, the whole the whole landscape of that city because it is still a big city, but it's different than L.A. And so right. you'll you'll get that experience and you'll have that to draw material from, and you can bring it back here. You'll have like an expanded outlook on life. You know, uh, 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 you'll have dipped your toe into a new culture, and that'll make that'll expand your horizons as a human being. And uh, I'm excited to see like kind of what comes from when you come back. I'm not coming there to watch you. Do <laughs> I kind of come there to watch you do comedy, but send me videos, I guess, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, I uh, are you putting any kind of like, not an ultimatum, but like I will be back in LA by this date. So I mean, for me, it's kind of fluid, but like two years, like max. That feels out like there. your max. Two years max. Between one and two years, I want to be back here. Uh, cause I'm, uh, I'm basically transferring like Amazon jobs out there because, uh, that was going to be one of my next questions. Yeah. So I'm transferring Amazon jobs out there. So I'm going to be making over double minimum wage out there, uh, to do the same job that you do, do here. The same job I do out here. So pretty much I'll be, and my rent's going to be cheaper than I'm fucking paying with my stepdad's house. What are you going to do if you get like, uh, some waitress pregnant and then she's like, Hey, my whole family lives in Austin. You got to stay here. And then, so you end up living there for the rest of your life. That would never fucking happen because you know, I'll just come back here anyway true but you're gonna be sending back all your money via child support right something to think about a judge will make you pay See, that. here's the thing i'm not i'm so like i'm not gonna sit here and say i don't fuck i fuck whatever but i always wear fucking protection this one chick that i was hooking up with the other day she asked me to she asked me to take it off and i was like i laughed in her face was it was like, a joke i didn't really need you to go down your, <laughs> like your whole um like I've had a couple drinks, bitch. I thought you were being serious. A couple. What's the contraception uh, preference preferences? Condoms. But the the hypothetical was like, what if you meet some lady down there and she you fall in love and she you know you want to get married and she's like, hey, but my you were like my whole thing is to get back to L.A. and she's like, yeah, but my whole family lives here. All right, look at me in the face. <clears throat> no. Look at me in the face. Yeah. You think I'm gonna fall in love? Yeah, I mean, that's. I, I would actually would like to find a girl and be like, do you think you could fall in love with this? And, point, <laughs> and she would be like, yeah, n- no. I mean, I do see that you ha- you're starting to get some like semblance of facial hair, but when you are clean, hey, fuck you. When, when you're clean, clean shaven, you look 13. What? Conservatively. That's me being conservative. Um, because you, I mean, you just look like a little kid. And it's not a bad thing because when you're 40, you're going to look 30. And when you're 50, you're going to look 40. Like, it's a good thing to look younger than you are. Right. It feels, might feel weird now, but like, you'll, that'll, I think I was the same way when I was your age. I was, I looked way younger than I was supposed to. You look all of 35. I think, 
I I have finally gotten to an age where I if someone says like how old are you and I say the number they're like yeah yeah, yeah that's exactly what you look. But how like. old are you? 36. 36? Yeah, I think I look thirty six. I think if you looked at me, you're like that's a thirty six year old man right there. So you're Maybe tw- you're twelve years older than I am. Um yeah, but I I like it better. Uh, this, I'm, I'm like um, I'm not trying to toot my own horn or anything, but like um, <laughs> I wasn't um, I wasn't booking a lot of like commercial stuff when I was your age and like younger, sure. and uh, n- I now I I get I get a lot way I get definitely a lot more auditions, and then I get way more callbacks and I book more stuff playing this age or like what I what with what I currently look like than what I did when I was when I looked younger. Right. So I don't think I looked my age yet. And um, I think now I do. So I, that could be it. It also could just be like this, it's, the landscape has changed. I have no idea. But I think I like this version better. Does of, age really become like a thing? Because it's like I don't really think of myself as 24. You I know, don't I think. Kinda, I, I kind of exist. But I moved here when I was 23, and I still for the more or less feel like I'm 23. Like I, really? In terms of like not like maturity, like definitely I've grown up, but like also like I just, but I don't feel like I'm aging, like in the terms of like, I'm getting wrinkly and my back hurts and you stuff like hairs. that. Yeah. But, um, it's just cause I haven't had a haircut. They're only like right here. And normally <laughs> yeah. it's like my, above my ear and I will shave that part off. But I, you know, I kept all of my hair, which is good. And so I, I, I'll, uh, if this all turns silver tomorrow, I'm fine with it. Like it's, you just don't, don't really, you, you just don't want to, yeah. Cause you can always dye your hair, but if I it falls out, you can't, I mean, you can get new hair. I'm just saying I'm, I'm happy with the way that I've aged. I, I, I'm cool. I mean, dudes in general get handsomer with age. Uh, it's like a, a lot of, some of them, some of them, a lot of girls have a problem with, with that. Like, cause they, some girls do, but they, they can, uh, they they feel like their looks go the other way and guys get more handsome as they get older. Um, I don't know. There's no science to it or anything. Please interrupt me with talking about age and shit. I just wanted to let you little struggle just a little bit. No, I just like, I don't, um, care. You're going to, it's in, you can't do anything about it. I mean, you, moisturize you could kill yourself you always could kill yourself but i would just say bef- <laughs> try moisturizing first and then if that doesn't work um because i was talking to my stepdad or he he brought it up to me talking about like i think it was on my birthday like the 24th birthday and he was like dude like enjoy kind of like the age that you're at right now because he just turned 63 uh 64 some shit like that yeah and he's like i like the only thing that changes is like the number that's associated with me I still feel like I'm your age. Yeah, that's uh, I. I had a sixty-plus-year-old coworker that I, I used to. He was he would go out and drink, shot for shot with us and party, hang with us the whole night. Yeah. And he acted exactly like us. And the only thing that was different about him was the year that he was born from the year that we were born. But he he was no different than us in my in my viewpoint. I mean, he has more gray hair than me, uh, <laughs> but, and also in, from his viewpoint, he was like, I'm hanging with the, I can hang with these kids. I, age is just like, it means nothing to me. Um, I will say I, one of my favorite questions to ask people that are older than me is like, what it like, so I'm 36 right now. I'd be like, if I met a 60 plus year old person, which I did on set the other day. And I said, you know, what advice would you give your 36 year old self? And I just like to know their answer, but I was at dinner one night and, uh, you know, some, re- this is pre COVID by the way, this story. Right. And, um, you know, some restaurants have like communal seating. They're just like, Hey, look, we, if you don't have a reservation, there's like really long benches over there and like you can just Benihana. sit. Mm, okay. That's a good example. 
kind of. But you know, like, so at Benihana, you might get seated with some. If you show up as a party of four, they're gonna and there's another party of six, and the right. table seats ten or twelve or whatever it is, they're gonna put you two together. And so you might be sitting next to someone that you don't know, but you're still also with your friends. That happened to us one night. You know, they they got. Uh, we got seated next to these three <laughs> these three dude, old ladies. This dude fucking goes in depth about my example, like as it, if everybody doesn't know what Benny Hanna. I don't is. know if everybody does. Um, All right, but, you're right. So, but the example is that we're sitting next to people that we don't know, and it's three old ladies, and they. Used, they all used to live in LA back when they were like our age. They were young and tearing it up here and probably slutting around and, and <laughs> having, having like their um, the time of their life. And now they've since they're all married and live in like Midwest cities. And they every year since then they they all come, they come back to LA once a year to to like meet up and like they go out for drinks. And they're like in their sixties. And I asked them that question, like, what advice would you give? Or like, you know, what was your what was your best decade? What did you like best? And they said, your best decade. You're a dick. Well, no, they. <laughs> It's not a bad question. People that right, are, they, right. lo- they love talking about it. And they actually got the best answer that I've ever gotten to, to that right. question. And that's this. She said, um, your 30s are the your best decade. Here's why. In your 20s, you're hot. But you're stupid and you're poor. In your 40s, you're, you're rich and you're smart, but your looks have started to deteriorate. You're getting ugly. Your 30s is the only decade that you're all three. You've started to get some money. You're, you're smart because you're older and you're older than your stupid 20-year-old self and you still have your looks. So I would say your 30s are your, are, for me, this is like an old lady talking, were my best decade because that was the only decade that I was rich, hot, and smart. Uh, the, the other ones you're going to, you're going to, lose one of those if that makes sense so that's super fire if you're in your 20s and you're listening to this and you're like um these are the best years of my life your 30s are going to be better probably probably i don't know it's not the same for everybody pandemic or a holocaust i will say for me for me my 30s have been my best decade so far and i'm only six years into it i've loved my 30s when did you meet nancy like we started, we like started dating officially probably when I was thirty. And you guys were what coworkers? We first? started, we were worked together for sure. We met in an elevator. That's right. That's right. It's weird that I remember that. No, well, you said you had a superstar memory earlier. I I never said that. I said I had a weird ass memory. Okay. Um, God, there was something else I wanted to talk to you about today when I was at the store, and I was like, hit me because part of, I don't remember what it was, so oh I'm not my. gonna be able to. How, what are we at, like four hours right now? How long has this been going on? We're at 120. I was going to say, if you said under an hour, I was going to lose my <laughs> mind. No, we're almost at an hour and a half. It's 120 mm. plus change. Uh, I got to piss real bad. So like, Me you, too. But I, um, I was you were talking about, like, earlier you referenced guests of your podcast. Like, I don't always do your graphics. For your <laughs> th- like, I know every single person you have on this podcast because you text me. You're like, hey, can you formulate a graphic with this guy's thing on my logo? Which you don't need to do, by the way. No one else in podcasting changes their podcast logo image on iTunes for every single episode. It's the same. Guess what? The episodes that have that on it, I don't. it's not for everyone. And it's just for the people that people would recognize face, but maybe not names like Jeremiah Watkins or, you know, Mark Norman. Gotcha. It, it does. I do see a boost. I do see a boost. Interesting. Because for every every other podcast and that exists, cool. in I well I know because I designed them, but I, <laughs> um, I I when you first started doing that, I was like, look at every other podcast in the world, like any of them, like they have the same icon for every episode. Got to be a little different. 
I didn't know I didn't know anyone else that was going to as great of links as you to make sure the icons look different. Um, and by as great of links, you mean texting my texting good, you and being like, "Hey, can you pal do, Aaron. dude?" It takes me such little. I mean, that's what I do for a living, but it takes me so five seconds. Yeah, because I remember I was like, "Can you like record yourself doing it so I can just do it myself?" You're like, "By the time I record myself, it's already done." <laughs> I, I don't think like, you ever asked me that, but if you did, that would have absolutely been my response. Like, it'll take me more time to record myself doing it and sending it to you than to just do it. <laughs> And like I have your thing, like it's I have I'm I have a real organized desktop. I'm like a super OCD about like my graphics and everything that I have saved on like all my files. But right. your barely serious logo is the only image that just lives free on my desktop. Fuck yeah! So that every because every time you're like, can you do it? I just drag it into Photoshop, <laughs> drag the drag the person's face in there, and like remove the background, and I send it back to you in two seconds. And but like if I have to go find that every single time, like oh, it's in this file, Galen podcast. I'm like, it's just I just like being able to do it really fast, uh, just to m- mostly make you be like, whoa, thanks. But um, yeah. <laughs> Also, just for me, because I just don't, I don't like uh, going to retrieve the file every single time. Right. But I'm happy to do it. Okay. I like every couple of months, you're like, "Hey, here's twenty bucks, Venmo, Venmo." And I'm like, "What's that for?" And you're like, "I don't know. Just give yourself a drink because you do all my graphics." Yeah, yeah. Because sometimes I feel bad. I'm just like, "Fuck!" If, especially if it's like three in a row. I'm like, "Fuck, dude." It's it's it's. I I wish you could understand how little of a chore it is to do. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, and I, you know, you give me enough notice, and sometimes you're, I'm like driving, and I'm like, It'd be like a week ahead, yeah. Yeah, I can't do it right now because I'm in my car. But as soon as I get to my house, I'll do it. Yeah, because you know the episodes come out on Fridays. So like whenever I, I don't do, know that I don't uh, know. I've every, never listened every, to every any episode, episode. Comes out on on Friday, so it's like whenever I hit you up, it'll be like usually on like the Sunday the week before. I'm like, dude, like whenever you whenever you get a chance. Yeah. Um. Last time that you when you were on my podcast, you talked about you had recently lost your job at Trader Joe's and then you got fired and then you started working for Amazon. You're still doing that. Everybody yeah, knows. Yeah. And you, not as often though. And you are going to, you've already checked and it's going to be super easy to just start working at Amazon there. Yeah. My manager Texas. says that he knows people out there. It's just going to get me just whoop, right. I feel, the I feel like it should be, it's such like a fluid for every city. Like, I mean, I see, every city has I, mean, I know the frequency with which I order stuff from Amazon and how much I see the, the trucks drive through the neighborhood like every single day. Right. So like, and that's just like this little tiny corner of Los Angeles. Imagine that for every single city, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so it, for you to call, ta- do you drive the truck or you drive your own car? I drive the truck. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, fuck no. I'm delivering these I don't know. I mean, I've seen people pull up yeah. in their own, those are, I mean, at the beginning. flex flex drivers. Yeah, in the beginning, so there's like, like 20 but, packages. I deliver like 300 a day. Okay. So you, dr- you drive to the HQ leave your car, hop in a truck and it's already, you got to load it up yourself. Or I got to load that shit up myself. Yeah. But it's, they stage it all. I got to bring the crates over or whatever. Uh, and bring it back. Do you know what's funny is like, I don't really remember everything that we talked about the, on the podcast, but I do remember specifically like in the beginning of the episode, uh, we were talking about, you know, like jobs and shit. Cause that was like the basis of it. Uh, and I was like, come on, dude, like, I've, I've worked like a lot of jobs, whatever. And you were like, we all have, and I was like, learning moment you know it was kind of like because i've been i've worked and been fired from a lot of jobs and i remember bringing that up and you'd be like a lot of people have yeah that's why i mean no well i mean that's the uh, that was that's the genesis of my podcast which i haven't done in a while uh but it's i i I like talking to people who are doing something like they're on a they're grinding to be like you want to be a comedian 
uh, you are a comedian, I want to say wannabe, um, but you know, it was mostly comics, but like also actors or somebody who's doing something uh, with their, their talents, their skills and create creatively and be like, you know, you got this bullshit job that you're paying the bills with over here. Right. Let's talk about it. Because then it's not your passion to be delivering packages to people's houses. <laughs> so, um, you know, and it, it definitely, it's a humbling, while a humbling experience, you can still get material from it. You're also like, maybe not during COVID, but uh, prior to maybe interfacing with people that you otherwise wouldn't on a daily basis via dropping packages on their doorstep. Um my, I mean, like it's they're so quick. I have like a uh, ring, and they just run up and throw them up or hit the ring. And then when I, by the time I've checked my phone to see it says someone's at your front door, by the time I've looked, they're already like driving down the street, like in their yeah. truck on the next. I don't spot. even push the fucking doorbells no more. I just I'm so I've worked there for like since that podcast like a year ago. Like I'm just, I straight up just fucking drop that shit off and leave. I like the doorbell push. Um, Amazon is the only person who does it consistently. I like like. Um, I don't need it for Postmates or Uber Eats or like whatever or the the mail because like already waiting on it. I'm already waiting and the the app sends me an alert like um, Francisco is outside with your tacos and I right. know so I don't need the doorbell to go off as well. But uh, Amazon's pretty cool and I think they are like that's our product we can press it wherever we want to. <laughs> I mean, I texted you the other day because I booked a uh, an Am- yeah but I forgot what it was what was the product the key Amazon key oh, yeah, yeah, and I was like do you ever use this and you were like no and then I told you what it was and you're like oh yeah I do do that all the time yeah yeah um, that shit's annoying because it's like especially when you open the garage you know if some fucking Rottweiler is just sitting here yeah. ready to go I don't have that just leave it on my front porch <laughs> uh, I haven't had any incidences with porch pirates yet but I do you know there's that surprising app surprising for where you live at stop there's <laughs> It's a safe, super great neighborhood. We're, I can't wait to take... We're going to go on a walk after this. Um, right. But, uh, yeah, I haven't had any issues with that. And I, I kind of, like... I mean, I don't want to, but I have had the thought of, like, what what I would do. Because you see on the Citizen app... Or not Citizen... Well, Citizen is one of the apps, but the other one is the Neighbors app, which is all the ring cameras in your area, kind of... Um, this is the what app? It's called Neighbors. Okay. It's every ring camera in your neighborhood, which almost every single house in my neighborhood has one if something happens to their house or a burglar or somebody takes their amazon package off their porch like we they can share it amongst all the other oh, ring okay. apps and be like hey this guy took a pack you don't know about this you work for the company no and so they be like this guy stole my package and now i work the, for the company the look but i don't give a but, fuck but i thought about like what would happen if that ever happened to me and i don't know what i would do i mean like if i was home i'd definitely run, run well, outside don't be a fool. If but someone if I, steals your Amazon package, you literally just message Amazon and say, hey, it got stolen. They send you a brand new one. Yeah, I know. And you I should have, have your video. homie. You should order a fucking PS4 and have your homie just swing by and steal it and then have be like, it got stolen. I still have to pay for it, dummy. <laughs> yeah, but they would <laughs> they have, they two, would, and have two of them. You would have two. They'd replenish yeah. it. Um, or you could just be like, I don't want it anymore and get your money back. And yeah. then your homie's just like a week later, like, hey, man, yeah. here's your PS4. I don't do stuff like that, but that is I'm good. saying to- you could. But the other thing that I was thinking about with people who steal pa- Amazon packages specifically off people's doorsteps, like they have to know that ninety nine percent of the packages they steal are like the dumbest shit. Yep, like yep. they're like uh, one tube, uh, two rolls of paper towels, and like a, a, comb. a, a comb or like yeah. a. The other day we we ordered fifty. We have a baby running crawling around the house. We ordered fifty of those little things that plug up the 
uh, oh, the sockets. sockets, socket plugs. And if somebody took that off my, it was the one, the only thing we ordered that day, and that showed up. And if somebody took it off that porch, they went home and opened up. They'd be like, "God the, damn it, that was yeah, bummer." But I don't know how many times do they steal something off the package, and it's like a MacBook Pro. Yeah, because you remember the uh, remember when like the George Floyd protest, the riots were going on. Yeah, he just that, got twenty seven million dollars. His family did. You see that? No, I didn't. They settled. But the uh, like yesterday that Amazon truck in Malibu, they got like or. Uh, uh, West Side Comedy Theater. Uh, That's Santa Monica. Santa Monica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was getting looted, and the guy just stood there and just walked away because ever like thousands of people were just like looting this guy's truck. Probably only three of those people that took something got, got something, something cool. Yeah, yeah, everybody else got like something mm, random as shit. Yeah, an apple slicer, like anything. Like I remember, sometimes like just out of anger and frustration, I would stomp packages out, and most of the time, yeah, it would just be like hair product would fall out. But like one time, I stomped out this fucking package, and an Apple pencil fell out, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" And I had to like make it all look nice and shit, and then still deliver it. Define uh, stomping out packages. I you just I'll kick. show you a video. I will I will stomp on it, destroy it, kick it, to just it's someone it. else's merchandise. Yeah. Okay. Well, one I mean, time it was for good reason. So my I was delivering in my mom's it. my mom's neighborhood. Hear me out. I was delivering in the, my mom's neighborhood, and her neighbor and her are in like this weird fucking war. They hate each other. Like it's fucking weird. They call the cops on each other. It's it's so bad. And like the people are really pieces of shit. And like I'm pretty objective too. So like a lot of times, like my mom like gets mad because like she'll like have a complaint about something, and I'll just be like yeah you're wrong and, but like for this instance like a lot of times i'm like all right like they'll empty their trash like right on my mom's porch and shit like that like it's like one of those where it's like what the fuck i happened to have a package for those people and i fucking destroyed it and then delivered it anyway okay i mean that's like um and they don't know that i'm a fucking amazon delivery guy so they just know that their package showed up destroyed as fuck yeah, I get that. I guess. I mean, I'm not saying I would do it, but I, <laughs> but I'm saying I see where you're coming from. That's all. That's all. Protecting I, my yeah. fucking mom, dude. I mean, if you are a pizza delivery guy in the '90s in a small town and you know where everybody lives, and you get the call that you're, it's going to your worst enemy's house, and you don't jack off on it first, then like you, that's your fault because yeah. <laughs> you know you should. That's I think that's on, the only thing pizza delivery guys did in the in the night maybe they do it today but Jack off on i don't know because everything now like i get um you know it's uber eats or doordash or whatever and not just because of covid but prior to that even like the 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 pizza box is like taped down there's like a you know seal from the restaurant on yeah, there the so good like, shit and uh so like, i i did open mic with a guy one time who was like hey i do um uber eats and i'm just letting you know if you order french fries I, I'm just, this is like a secret. It's not like a secret, but it's like we all eat your French fries because that's the one thing we can have a couple of in our car ride. Then yeah. you, when it gets there, you won't know. I'm not taking a bite of your cheeseburger. I'm not going to have one of your ch- hot wings because if you order a 12 piece, you're going to know one of them is right. missing. But French fries, they're fair game. And so, and since that guy did that joke, I've never ordered French fries from Uber Eats <laughs> ever. Well, I mean, some, fuck, now the ba- the bags are definitely like tied and stapled shut. But before yeah, but that, like here's the thing: when you think about it, that I never thought about before. And this is the last thing we'll talk about before we head out of here because I really got to fucking piss. Yeah, me too. Uh, like I feel it in my stomach now. Uh, I might pee in my pants. <laughs> is that dude? Like how unsanitary we were before this? Like I never. You know how many people's hands I touched or shook their hands or fist bumped or yeah. anything? Uh, you know, I never sanitized my cell phone screen, my steering wheel. I would Then I would drive somewhere, 
you know, or go to a, through a drive-thru after touching my cell phone that I've never sanitized in a year or my steering wheel that I've never sanitized in five years yeah. and then there eat was, fries and eat whatever. There was that, that meme about that that was like, can you believe we used to go to the bowling alley and put our three fingers into a bowling ball that everybody else uh, under the sun had put their same fingers in and then use those fingers to eat, to eat uh, nachos or pizza yeah. like God couldn't touch us? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, this is what, that's, this is the... Um, result of that probably another thing is that uh with the whole coronavirus thing coming out is that i never realized that people died from the flu they're like yeah like a million people a year die from the flu i was like holy shit people die from the flu i never realized that at all i have no idea this flu death stats um, this guy this guy i don't i mean do you are, are you a, I don't know either, uh, but... an accountant at a hospital do you like i don't, <laughs> I, don't... I just didn't know that people died from the flu I mean, it's, I didn't, okay. It's a good thing to not know, I guess. Like, I don't know how many people died from uh, car accidents last year either. Like, I have I have no, right, fair enough. I have no idea. And I, I, I find to not know shit sometimes. That's fair. All right, man. This is a fucking great ass episode. I know. As you know, I leave the final episode or the final, the final minute of the podcast to the guest to say whatever, do whatever, minute? ask whatever. I got to talk for a minute? You have as much time as you want to leave a final parting words of wisdom, my man. Um, it's all you. I'm going to say, I'm going to keep it short and stay, stay safe out there, everyone. That's it? Yeah, I got to pee real bad. I'm not going <laughs> to... I'm gonna sit in here and uh, philosophize. Philosophizes. I'm not gonna sit in here and uh, give a monologue. I gotta go pee. Aaron Jarbo, everybody.